Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you on a Balls Wednesday. Sadly, I have to begin the hour with the uh, ugly, ugly final score from uh, the ACC tournament, which was a 96-57. Somehow I think R. Wilmer blames you or me, or both of us, um, for Florida State's 96-57 performance. I was just looking at his uh, Great work. Or he could be in earnest just saying we're doing a great job. I, I don't know. I think he's saying great job of carrying uh, a few segments with that nonsense, trying to describe that putrid effort. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is uh, they took an ass beating today. Uh, I'm not going to overreact the way you did, old Dad. Uh, Leonard would certainly not be fired. Sweet Jesus. That's crazy. Um, but it's an ugly performance. It's a shame. But they got uh, – Undressed today, and there's no really, uh, there aren't really nice things to say on a day where you lose like that. What is fair to ask, though, not the same question as uh, what Noel Dad James is asking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got multiple confirmed sightings of a lack of effort yeah. and then a questionable third, if this was any other coach in any other program, what would you be saying? Next year's critical? Would you be saying, uh, we need to see what's going on up in Charlottesville for Tony Bennett? Whatever the program would be, because injuries are not. That's alarming. Clearly some things need to be changed behind the scenes, and I'm not talking about the coaching staff. I'm talking about uh, I don't think that locker room is healthy. It can't be if you have that kind of effort multiple times in a year. Yeah, I think it's uh, fair to wonder uh, the disposition, the collective makeup of that locker room. Are they tough enough? Are they mentally strong enough? Are they um, Are they what you want moving forward? Because obviously this can't happen again. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like they didn't lose at varying points during the course of the season five starters. Uh, I'm not, you know, that's ridiculous. I, that that did happen. Any team in America that loses that many of their starting players are going to lose a lot of games. They're going to look disjointed. There's going to be confusions as to roles. You throw in the mix that you lose a veteran player, your most important veteran player, like Malik, Malik Osborne, and then you're going to turn around and ask a bunch of uh, freshmen and, uh, and redshirt freshmen to go out and carry the day. And then some of them get hurt too. 
uh, it's going to look ugly. It's going to look up and it's going to look uneven. Now, that's different than some of the performances that we're highly critical of in regards to effort. I'm with you on that, Tom. That is disconcerting enough to say we need to get to the bottom of what went on here with this season once once the season kind of you know came undone. How is it we had so many games where you could question whether or not they were they were playing as hard as they could? Because that really can't happen. I mean, I've said before, you can have bad years, you can lose games, you can have disappointing seasons. You just can't be a team that we look out there and say, not sure they're trying hard. That can't happen. And when it does happen, unless you have an established coach who's achieved as much as Leonard has in the last five years especially, um, then you would look at that person and say, hey, what, what's going on with you? Like they did at Louisville. Look what they did at Louisville. So there they thought they went out and got a guy that they really believed would take them to the next level. And that team basically told their coach to go to hell. They did. And they quit on him, so they had to fire him. And he had some bona fides coming in, some things that they thought felt really good about. Now, had he achieved anything near what Leonard Hamilton has? No, not at all. Not at not all. Not at that institution. No. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. So... With Leonard, you know, that that's a guy that did get them to fight back. That's a guy that did get them to finish 500 in the conference. That is a guy that, you know, did bounce back and beat some good teams with some surprising upsets as distinct underdogs. So it wasn't like they, they, they called it a day back before the North Carolina game and never got back on their feet. They did. He was able to push some buttons somewhere along the way. It's just that clearly he couldn't do it for all of the games, whether it was – Talent deficit, emotional immaturity, physical immaturity, lack of numbers, lack of confidence from some of the younger players, a lot of those things. What's crazy is their numbers increase towards the end of the year. You get a couple of those starters back, and they look like everybody is simpatico and willing to play together, at least the one day against NC State, who doesn't care about basketball. I'll, I'll grant you that when Mills comes back. But it looked like whatever the lesson that needed to be handed down was absorbed and reacted to and followed up upon and responded to. But then, you know, the unfortunate thing is you have to bring up Boston College and North Carolina when something like this happens, and it's the last note that you're going to leave on in this season. Now, Leonard gets more than the benefit of the doubt for right putting the, this you know program where it is, but he won't next year if this happens again. Oh, well, if they're quitting in, in the middle yeah. of next year, then, you, you're yeah, you're, you're going to have me and others saying, oh, man, maybe time to retire, sure. Um yeah, I mean, I would. This time, I'll I'll just say, you know, my assumption, my assumption is it could be dead wrong, could be that they got bad news or something before the games. Who knows? But it's my assumption this time around because Leonard has earned more than the benefit of the doubt that this locker room failed the coaches, not the other way around. But we'll see, we'll see. Somebody failed somebody, big time. I think they have some locker room issues. I think they have some kids too, Tom, that are soft. Now I've intimated as much during the course of the season. And that's a hell of a thing to to describe somebody as in, in, in and sport. And this program, no, nah, man. Well, I think what, one of the things that happens sometimes is if you find, let's say you, you know that you're, you've got a roster overhaul, you're going to be lacking in some areas, and clearly Florida State swung and missed on some guys they thought they could get. They were in the deep end with some big names fighting to bring in some big players, right? 
and this is the first year of the NIL and everything else, and so Florida State is uh, out over their skis and didn't win a single one of those battles for those particular players. Those players ended up choosing some of the more traditional powers who are more invested than Florida State is and have been for a very long time, okay? So you lose out on that, and then you fall back on some guys that you thought would be uh, and I'm not Matthew Cleveland. Obviously, was a big name to come here, but you had some other guys that you were going to work into the program's system and build over the course of the next two to three years around a couple of significant names that you thought you'd get. This is a classic swing and miss on some guys, and then have to throw it's baptism by fire. You have to throw these kids that you were going to ease into the deep end of the pool in a couple of years. You have to throw them to the wolves and say, figure it out. And the impact of that is both physical and emotional. And I think there's where you derive the inconsistency of play, is that once a kid begins to lose confidence because he's being asked to do something he's not ready to do, then you see this uneven level of play. You see matchups that either suit him or don't, and his emotional, I guess, commitment waivers based on whether or not he's winning those matchups. And and so you, you kind of get this inconsistency. I, I think that's what this is. Now, this is a year where I'm comfortable chalking it up to some of those problems. But I didn't ignore, nor would I, overlook the moments in the season late where there were times it looked like they had quit because that, too, can stunt a player's growth, and it can certainly infect a locker room. So you got to nip it in the bud now. Do I have every reason to believe that Leonard Hamilton will nip this in the bud and that this culture, and that is something we have talked about, sung the praises of, held on high for a very long time, that the culture in this locker room and the culture that Leonard Hamilton has worked so hard to create is bigger than any one player. It's why they win the sixth man of the year every damn year because kids who would be bona fide 30-plus minute-a-game guy, if he went anywhere else in the country, will buy into playing 18 minutes and come off the bench. It's because of culture. It's because of belief in that and because of the way that they operate. All right, well, he gets the benefit of the doubt that this gets nipped in the bud, figures out what he can do to offset was a, a, a terrible year, both on and off the court in terms of injuries and the things that happened. So I, I to me, I, I'm not worried about it. Will I be worried about it next year? If it happens again, you're damn right I will because now we have a trend. Now we have something more than a one-off. Now we have real problems on our hands. I'm also already a little worried, Tom, because it's a, what he was able to do in transforming this program's reputation amongst elite recruits, blue-chip recruits, was nothing short of amazing. And I really questioned at one point whether or not that was ever going to be possible here. And right when he was up against it, right when he was on the verge of being dismissed, he was able to bring in Isaac and to bring in a couple of guys that made the administration say, well, I'm not happy, but where are we going? Do we have somebody better to bring in, laying in wait, that's going to save our program? And or... Do we have the ability to bring in these kinds of players that he's suddenly getting yeses from? Maybe this is a trend we should stick by, and let's see how it plays out. And thank goodness they did, because those kids became more kids, which became this program that has gone to back-to-back-to-back Sweet 16s. So I, I, what I worry about, though, is that the landscape has once again shifted. 
and it has shifted at a time where even though he looks 40, Leonard is in his 70s. I've already commended him once for being that age and show a willingness to radically shift your philosophy, both in recruiting and the way you play basketball. The fact that he did that at his age is remarkable because people, obviously, as they get older, get more set in their ways. They don't become more open-minded and progressive. I mean, go sit next to any 80-year-old man and ask him about the state of the world, and you'll cringe. Now, that said, he's got to do it again. And I don't know that we can win that battle. Even with the great recruiters we have on this staff, even with the willingness to go the extra mile like we have around here to get some yeses, we're playing big boy Monopoly now where others that can pony up different kinds of NIL deals to get the better players that said yes to Florida State. Like, don't you think somebody would have come along and given Patrick Williams just a little bit more reason to think about them under the current climate than they did a few years ago? Yeah, I'm worried because he's worried. Leonard said as much. He thinks that it's turning into a de facto bidding war now for the services of these types of players, which means that he would have to pivot and dip into the transfer portal. This is a warning sign for the program. Doesn't mean that we're in trouble yet, but this season, the way it finished today, and the the third time, that at least second confirmed, maybe third, that the culture looks a little bit different around here, it's a warning sign. Now we'll see what Leonard does. I would be very worried if there isn't roster overhaul. Of course, there are going to be guys that leave, to go to the next level, they've exhausted their eligibility. But beyond that, if there's not some serious change and or force brought in here through the transfer portal, veteran players, he mentioned veteran players more than once this season, like, you know, midweek availabilities. So clearly that's on his mind, to go dip into other schools' uh, front courts and go bring in some guys who can rebound here and play tough because we're not tough enough and we need some veteran presence here to set the right tone and set the culture. But all that's difficult to do. And that's where I worry about that. This program always felt like, even when we were going back-to-back-to-back, it always felt like, man, you just it's on thin ice in a way compared to the Carolinas of the world and the Kentuckys of the world because if they pivot and they figure out something that we're doing, they're going to have more to offer just because of their history. It's Boise State football. Right. It's Boise State football. Like, oh, isn't that cute? Good for you. Look at you guys. Hired a bunch of Scientologists and you figured it out. Look at you. Uh, You know, you had... Two guys come around and, and kind of shape that program, and you even won some big games against big-name teams and the famed Statue of Liberty play against Oklahoma in a bowl game you cared much more about than they did, and all that's cute. That's the way people view Florida State basketball, by the way, outside of here. What, what, what is Boise now? They're, they're a non-story when it comes to the big-time independent, well, you know, the, the non-Power Five. Well, the thing I'd say, though, is I believe we have enough resources to dip into the portal to go get some players. I don't know that we have enough resources to go grab the traditional five-star player, top 20 or 30 player in the country like we have been. I don't know about that. And that's where you want to talk about uh, trickle-down economics working. Well, it works in the Big Ten and the SEC. Look at those conferences. They're getting better. You know why? Well, money. They've got so much money they don't know what to do with it, so they're putting it into every sport. Every sport. This is part of the larger discussion. You ever notice... We could be talking about baseball, we could be talking about basketball, we could be talking about football, we could be talking about softball, we could talk about the soccer program, which is an annual bully. They just they are that good every year. And what are we all doing as Knowles? We're sitting around scared to death that all of this is on thin ice. That this is all on the precipice of going away. Some in some areas it already has. In other areas, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop because what's to, what's to keep one of these uber-rich programs you just described that are 
walking into fountains of money everywhere they and go. Tired on of campus, sucking. And tired of sucking. Right. And then they have excess that spills off. Like, there's always so much you can build. Right. So at some point, they're like, we've built it all. And then what do they do? Well, let's put it in our coaching staff. Right. So then they say, well, let's go after Coach Kokorian. He wins the damn national championship or plays for it every year at Florida State. Uh, well, well, we don't really make any money off of women's soccer. Who cares? We got more money than we know what to do with. Call him. Right. And this is where the trickle down works because you have to spend that money. You have to. You can't just put in like a reserve in the university and just give everybody raises. No, you have to spend it, especially with Title IX provisions. So that's where, yeah, I see the big. I see the SEC as a basketball conference on the rise. I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. Well, again, um, <laughs> it's it's. It's unsettling. You're having to account for not only our own inefficiencies and operational um, snafus over the years that you're now trying to clean up to obviously be much more efficient, right? we got, we got to get back to, at the very least, even within the context of what we have or don't have, we at the very least have to make sure that while we're here, let's operate at peak efficiency because we have some advantages that other schools don't and that will hopefully stem the tide for a little while, right? I'm talking about regionality. Now, okay, so you do that, and in the interim, you hope a bunch of smart people and desperate people get together and say, what are we going to be doing seven, eight years from now? Can we survive for now? Possibly. Maybe even make a run in a few places. But, but this is not sustainable, ultimately, if every year you're being doubled up tripled up in some cases by the Big Ten and the SEC. So let me ask you this question about resources, because we have limited resources, and I understand that there are still loopholes in the state of Florida that doesn't allow or would not allow the university to speak to an NIL organization that's run by boosters or people who used to be on the board or whatever it is. Would you not even bother breaking ground on the football-only facility? Okay, so they've already pretty much gotten the money for that. Correct. All right, so for me, I would do it. It would be the last time I did it. And then every other dollar that we recruited from this point forward would go to paying players to come here because that's the game now. You're still at a distinct disadvantage, but you can offer up enough. You can you can fight and get some kids in here now. You'll lose the money battle as it pertains to players that are deciding between you, Alabama, Georgia, schools like that. You're going to lose that battle. But they can only bring in so many players as long as you're able to pay and provide something in NIL that is, you know, interesting, it's, it's competitive, then you got a chance. Well, last I understood it, the price tag on the facility was 80 I think, mm-hmm. right? Let's just say you had 50 or 60 right now in commitments because you saw Alford's tweet over the weekend and, and Ira reported on that, that they think they're going to be able to announce the shovels in the ground date pretty soon. I mean, so take 10 of that and, you know, make whatever you have nicer, lipstick on whatever pig you need to, and then if you could convince the boosters to reallocate that that donation or that commitment to Rising Spear, and then you've got 40 mil to work with, would we be better off than waiting a year or two for that football-only facility to be erected, only for a new coach? Or You know what I mean? Like That's the doomsday scenario. But 40 mil right now could certainly help on signing day. I'll bet it could. In fact, that's probably what the going rate will be for the top overall class in the country this year because A&M spent 30, allegedly, probably goes up to 40 this upcoming year. Well, that's according to Bro Bible. That's right. Bro Bible. Slice bread. <laughs> Some poster name Slice Bread on the Bro Bible. Damn it. Dos. Who's Slice Bread? What is Bro Bible? 
a month after going on five bob say there's always been an aisle yeah nobody talked about it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no i mean i you know everybody will debate where your upgrades uh need to happen uh i would spend all 80 million dollars on building a new baseball stadium <laughs> The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com personalized mortgage loan experience if you have to get one and you want it built just for you and what your needs are specifically and you want to do so with folks that you can trust and folks that um, maybe like-minded see the world the way you do but also uh, in this case are indeed fellow Knowles there you go got that in common before we do anything else those are my boys, Chad and Shannon, the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. And uh, it's, a, it's an easy process uh, to get a home loan through them. It's not intimidating at all. They make it easy. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, very transparent parent communication. And uh, it's a five-star mortgage experience. There's no doubt about that. So go and uh, find my friends, Chad and Shannon, the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Uh, go to FSUHomeLoans.com. It's that simple. They are on board with the JCS family, and we are excited to be in partnership with them. FSUHomeLoans.com. Timmy wants to split the $80 million, $40 million, FOF, $40 million NIL deals. Yes, FSU does have a, a billionaire alumnus. Uh, she doesn't appear to want to give lots of money to the university for whatever reason. I'm not blaming anybody either side. I don't. I don't know the particulars of that circumstance. She invented uh, spanks or whatever they're called, right? Yeah, that's uh, tights for women. Yeah, we've been asking. Which really, thank God. Yeah, sure. What a wonderful yeah, invention. Yeah. Uh, just saying. Even back to the Jamie Lee Curtis days. <laughs> always been yeah. what was that uh there was, she was in a movie with john travolta it was uh yes it was terrible yeah it was really uncomfortable you talk well, about short shorts too he's wearing yes yeah uh, no it's uncomfortable yeah very in the uh mm-hmm. aerobics studio. very weird very weird yeah <laughs> it's just unfortunate i know exactly the movie you're talking about yeah. i sidetracked myself my buddy down in uh, tampa tells me that there are some up-and-coming people in the florida state community there that are there are have uh, a couple of bucks and some of them might not be that old either 
So, so hopefully, hopefully we rise to the occasion with the spear. Well, this gets uh, this gets back to what we've talked about with Florida State's predicament before, which is to say, a lot of this is not Florida State's fault. I mean, it's not your fault that you're young. You know, time is not on their side in this case. It's it's reversed the way you would normally like it. I mean, we all would prefer to be in our 20s again, but uh, to be young in life is one thing. To be young as a university is not a good thing. You have not had enough time to pump out generation after generation after generation of alumni that have gone on to build successful uh, industries and or um, you know, whatever it might be, high-profile products and the like, and then passed it on and sent their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids to Florida State, and they dabble in the family business, and we all pass the loot around amongst each other. Like my friends Chad and Shannon, Hamilton Homewood. <laughs> so I'm just I'm, I'm saying uh, it is uh, it's a conundrum. You know, you can't just make it happen as quickly as you need it to happen. Um, and you're you're really reminded of that when you wished that you could just stroke a check to ensure that that great player doesn't waver in his commitment. You're reminded of that when you need lots of said checks. Well, the good news is, too, that you know, given what happened this weekend, they still have the power, Florida State still does, this coaching staff still does, to get elite talent here to visit. And uh, as anybody in the recruiting business is fond of saying, if you can't get them on campus, then don't bother even recruiting them. Well, we can do that part of it. And there is, oh, I don't know, since we haven't had the whole class in here, a few offensive linemen still do in over the summer. Upwards of three or four, I'd say, freshmen that look different, like, you know, closer to the mm-hmm. old days worth of recruiting that are already on the roster that we've seen in spring practice. So there is some improvement there, but another, I don't know, 10 million potato chips every season might not hurt a little bit either. Yeah, it's um, and it's easy for all of us because I get this a lot. You know, I'm sure you do too, Tom. People will say, well, we all just need to chip in more. We need to commit more dollars to our university. And to some degree, I would say that's true, perhaps. I mean, I, I think that – but we're talking about – a, a seismic shift in the amount of money necessary to compete with an Alabama or certainly, say, a Texas A&M, somebody like that right now, um, you upping your monthly contribution or me doing the same is not going to change uh, all that much in the way of fate for Florida State. If if we did collectively, um, you know, across the board, do a little bit more, you, you could help out, but it's not really what we're talking about. It, that's peanuts compared to the kinds of money that we're up against. Yeah, the question is, um, the seismic shift that's coming with a reclassification of Power 5 into a Super League, how soon will that happen? I think it's going to happen. But you've got another round Let's of contracts. Let's it happens really soon. You've got another round of contracts with several of the Power 5 conferences that are due up, unlike the ACC, who is tied to this godforsaken deal for 20 years. So does any of that back and forth, that negotiating with ESPN or Fox, or will CBS try to replace the uh, SEC deal that they're losing? Will any of that find a way to reclassify the sport and in so doing give Florida State a get-out-of-jail-free card? Because yeah. I would think the next network deal, because the playoff's going to be uh, here till 2026, they're going to renegotiate that and expand the playoff. So this next round of stuff that comes in the next five years, I would think it also would come with unified leadership for college football to create that commissioner's role that everybody is crying for. 
and to create rules to abide by, whether it's support staff rules or, or money and NIL rules. Yeah, if you're going to create the the super league that you're talking about that sees... You're not going to do it halfway, yeah, right? Yeah, I would think. Now, you're going to have a power struggle and a, and a tug-of-war there. I mean, the SEC does not exactly want to put down their arms. They, why would they give in to anything like this? They've got a chance to put a stranglehold, along with the Big Ten, on all of college football, and why would they part with that? It is the point that you've made, which is you got to tell the Yankees that yeah, you, you can't, can't play the Yankees. You got to play 29 other teams, yeah. right? And we could still make you more money every single year. It's just that everybody else is going to make a lot more money every single year. Yeah, you year. have to show them that there is appreciably more money to be made in that system. Because if it's marginal, I would bet they stand pat. You think they – well, here's the problem, though. If they stand pat, and let's say that – and this is what you'd have to present to them and convince them, that it's an SEC versus Big Ten existence for the rest of time. The ratings are not going to oh, be worth plummet, it to the networks plummet, plummet, to yeah. the point that they're going to they're going to cancel those deals. I'm sure they have outs. I'm sure ESPN probably has an out quicker than the conference does. You got to convince them of this uh, that the, that it does not serve their best interest for regionality to take hold uh, even more than it already has. I mean, we see the numbers going in that direction. So yes, it would be wise to note. Hey, look, man, uh, the rest of the country doesn't really give a uh, give a, a gosh care, darn about you hicks playing football every day. They don't care. They're going to watch on their Sundays. Yeah. Plus, you got kids with NIL deals. If I'm going to watch kids that are, you know, or people who are about the money, well, let me watch the best. <laughs> I don't need to watch the second-rate stuff. It's the same thing, so give me the better product. Well, I've talked about yeah. that before. College football has a problem, and it's that pro football exists, and they do it better with a salary cap. Uh, without and a minor league. <laughs> and, and, guarant and guarantees. So I don't have to worry that the kid that I think is going to sign and who's told me for two years that he's going to sign, and then he's going to then turn around and tell the world, uh, I'm going to go over here. Now, in the NFL, it's, I just signed this free agent linebacker because I need a linebacker, and he's the best available, and I've signed him, and I know where his ass is going to be. It's going to be here next year, making this much money, and for the next four years, he's going nowhere. Yeah, there, there you go. That's, uh, yeah, they do it better and more efficient. If we get out of this, it's you know, in a weird way because of Jim Phillips, though. That's the interesting thing, because in, in the grand war of um, – television contract renewals and, and it's an arms race for the big 10 and the sec because they're the ones that are uh, the only two in the power five that are making the kind of money that they are jim phillips history with the big 10 is clearly why he chose that corner of the ring because he's got better friends in that part of the yeah, country yeah. among those university presidents certainly need uh i need jim to you know, mix it up well if he can mix it up and somehow <laughs> oh, the grand you know yeah somehow espn's like all right we'll re <laughs> We're gonna get it with Fox, and you know they, you could make it a deal. I think the end game would be something to have, something like having a deal, like the NFL does, where they're gonna be on Amazon next year. And you see that MLB Friday Nights is gonna be on Apple Plus. MLB Friday Nights. MLB. They have a Friday Night Baseball exclusivity. It's not every team on Fridays, sure, but it's like when Facebook did that. Come or on YouTube. down, everybody. Let's watch the Pirates take on the Royals on Apple Plus. <laughs> Apple Plus. That you won't get your local broadcast. Nobody. You have to subscribe to Apple Plus. But that's what if you could get these five Power Five institutions to agree. I mean, you could control negotiations with four or five different networks at a time. That's where the NFL does it the best. People spend billions on Thursday Night Football, which sucks. Mm. Doesn't it? I'm getting getting excited about uh, moving on from our current provider and uh, buying a la carte everything I want with wicked fastness. Right? Just just there it is, and it's all cheaper. Isn't this great? I believe that's how the uh, the modem sounds. That's the sound. You plug it in. And also sounds like the computer from War Games. 
I love that movie, and I've probably seen it a hundred times. Yeah, it's a good movie. Every time it comes on. And we all go, would you like to play a game? And it was, <laughs> I love that movie. I wa- As a kid, it was on HBO every day. Ooh, War Games is on again. I love that hick of a general, too. He, oh, he's, he's, awesome. the, he's the father at the end of No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Same actor. Oh, and that scene in No Country for Old Men, when he's talking about digging in the hard caliche and all that, you're like, ooh. This is. He was also the general in Red Alert too. You think yeah. about you think he was typecast a little bit. A little bit, but he nailed it he did. every yeah. time. Yeah. What did he? What's the guy's name? Um, Uncle Ed knew the score. Is that what he says? Because it's Ed who gets shot on yeah, the front porch. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Ed knew the score. You're like, Meanwhile, that room is full of cats. That kitchen. It's crazy, and it's coffee that's a week old. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm yeah. not drinking that coffee, my man. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, Warchat TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Quick, uh, let me get you caught up on the way things are going to look over the next two days as we get geared up for spring break and uh, football practices uh, end for a week. We have on this station um, the contractual responsibility to air on the radio station SEC basketball. Now, don't boo me. Uh, the GM here is a wonderful guy. Call his office and tell him he screwed up and that you're pissed about it. Um, but that's not my responsibility. Anyhow, so uh, what what they are going to do, it looks like, is in our time slot have SEC basketball on. But that doesn't stop us. Nothing stops this train. So the Jeff Cameron Show will, in fact, be on. Uh, we will be on your computers, uh, War Chant TV. You can... Celebrate with all of us as we do on a daily basis over on Warchant TV. You'll uh, see the show Thursday and Friday exclusively on Warchant TV. As for next week, when I'm skiing in Montana, <laughs> uh, I will not be working. I won't be thinking of any of you. I will be in the mountains. What, you're not going to stream with your phone on a selfie as you're going down the uh, the bunny slopes? Um, I won't. I won't I won't have a phone near me. I will take some pictures from atop the mountain, I'm sure, but I am going to spend the majority of my time uh, skiing, being with family, and when not doing that, perhaps gazing upon the mountain and imbibing in something that is mind-altering. Go now, easy on the peyote, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, good times, good times bound in the very near future. Uh, the, the point would be uh, that that week will consist of a bunch of Jeff Cameron shows, but they will be best of versions, so you can tune on in that. And that's on the radio side of things. We'll, we'll put uh, pods up for those. Uh, but for the video side, you'll have some standalones. Practice is done on Friday for a week as well. It's kind of a, it's an interestingly slow week. 
next week. Yeah, and to answer Life Spectator, uh, the reason we're not having any guest hosts like Jim Rome would always have back in the day is literally they would have nothing to talk about. There are no practices happening next week for Florida State. Uh, you could maybe make a mention or two of, say, FSU baseball, uh, but that does not carry five days' worth of shows, so I'm not putting anybody in that position. And they, too, are on spring break, to be honest with you. So everybody's going to get their time, man. Everybody's going to get their time. I'll be at the helm a little bit next week, uh, not in a hosting uh, capacity, but just uh, for the channel, helping it out. I have my time in Mexico, so I owe. I owe while you all go have fun. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I'm glad that you're going to do it. You go have fun. You, you, go, do your, <laughs> right. you go do your thing while I go have some fun. Uh, i do a call-in show during the uh, FSU Florida baseball game on Tuesday. That'll be great. Are you really? No. I was no, going to say, no. Jesus, man. No. That is a level of commitment that's not necessary. I don't know that anybody has. You know, there might be like 52 people who have the commitment to join that, mm. that show. But, yeah. People, go out and see the world. That's right. Don't do that. It's be good. Hey, after all this rain we're having up here this whole weekend, enjoy next week. I am going to. Uh, you should. My, I will. You ought to. Looks like old man Larinaga, who's not any older than <laughs> Leonard Hamilton, has signed an extension to look at those two next to one another. And former Seminole assistant Andy Enfield is being mentioned in a Maryland search for a new coach in basketball, and Andy and I got along swimmingly back in the day. I think that got quashed. I saw a headline that said he was extended by USC. Well, I thought it was an odd thing because um, USC is at a place now where they're about to be a giant in just about all sports because they are fully committed once again. They have invested, if you will, in becoming a power in uh, big-time college athletics. So that's going to be a uh, Did you see how the, how they made the Beats by Dre thing work? You, no, you, how you did mentioned, they get around? Yeah, I mentioned okay. the NIL, yeah. So clearly Caleb Williams has a deal with Beats for a lot of money. Stinking rich. Well, they they positioned it that he, at least this is a headline that I read, maybe a graph and a story. I didn't read the whole thing because who cares that much. Mm-hmm. But the idea being that he reallocated some of his Beats by Dre uh, money into giving the softball team over there at USC all Beats by Dre headphones. So you can create a story out of that, which looks like it's charitable. But clearly what they said was, hey, here's what we're going to do within the deal. We'll give you a PR boon that some of your in-kind gear that we'll give you, you can now give to other people in the athletic program, in the athletic department, other student-athletes, and boom, win-win. It's clever. It is clever. clever. Well, you got to get imaginative, right? This is what has to happen. By the way, also, thanks to all of you who sent me Selma Hayek's uh, Instagram post. Uh, you guys have all collectively looked after your boy for many a year. And uh, I guess she posted something at the age of 55 in celebration of how damn beautiful she is. And uh, all of you saw it and went, Jeff would like to see this. So I received no fewer than 100 forwards of Selma Hayek posing in a bikini uh, at 55, still kicking ass. Like she, she still got the acting for... chops? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not worried about all that. But, I mean, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Woo! It's impressive. I love my audience. I get all kinds of things. Shark attacks, animal attacks, people who die in a most unfortunate manner. Including a guy who was in a porta potty this week and run over by a uh, tractor while on the porta potty. 
at a dump. Like that he worked at the dump. Yeah, that's the yeah, Oh, okay. No, yeah, oh, no, no, oh, yeah. at a okay, yeah, okay. He worked at the dump. At a dump. They were getting ready to close up shop for the evening and he thought he'd just jump into the porta potty real quick before he left. And then the uh, tractors that move all the junk, like they were getting ready to be put up for the night. The guy came up over a hill, didn't see the porta potty below, and just you get to do. I'm a man was <laughs> a porta potty on the dump. What a terrible way to go! Not as good as the guy that died drowning in one inch of uh, manure on his farm that we oh, talked about. Yeah, that was great. I forgot about that. That was a fantastic death. What about uh, the guy that was in India and the snake came out of the toilet? Ooh, that didn't kill ooh, him, though, right? No, it didn't kill him. didn't kill him. But, oh, man. That's a toughie. You'd never go to the bathroom again. That is the Andy Dufresne of snakes. <laughs> that was something. You were like, they kept him as a pet. They named him Andy. <laughs> uh, no, I, I forgot about that story, just like you had forgot about the guy drowning in one inch of manure stuck because his tractor turned sideways and he couldn't get out from his seat. That's a um, You got time. Now, you got Andy, time to think about how this is going. Now, Andy joined our family under <laughs> terrible circumstances. We love Kerpal. Yeah. But over the years, Andy's become uh, our favorite member of the family. <laughs> oh, I've lost my sheet. We'll come back and do it. And as we wrap it up in a moment, Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I'd have a bunch of names for you for Sawgrass as we do our Players' Championship bets and the like for the week. Because Well, I do have some. But this tournament's going to be a mess. It should be a lot of fun, but it is going to be a bit of a mess with all the stoppages and weather issues and freezing temperatures and wind gusts. and Man, can't be fun to play a difficult golf course on one of these days where projected it may be wind chill somewhere in the 20s. Hmm. No, 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 not good. North Florida Payroll Services, uh, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today at the NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Tom, before we get to your hockey bets, I saw our, our Bolts got boat raced last night. They did. Uh, they held seven goals. Right. Yeah, well, you know what? The effort was exactly the same against Chicago. It's just that our goalie stood on his head and uh, made three or four unbelievable saves. So that's two games in a row. You've got a habit now. So they, they got some things to deal with. They're on the west coast of Canada for the next week. And uh, probably need to come to Jesus meeting or need to go to a bar together. Whatever no, needs to be another, said needs to be said. Another reminder, right? Another reminder. 
Uh, uh, I, I'll give you a second. I know you may be ready. You may be ready to roll with your wagers. I'm champing but, at that bit. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so a, a couple of things here with weather being the key this week at uh, TPC. I would suspect that you could have some fun with these types bets, uh, type of bets. Look, look at guys. Uh, you know, accurate iron play, ball striking this week is going to be a case where I think that basically this turns into target practice when the greens are wet. Also, the greens being wet and this course in general does allow for average to below average putters to kind of make up ground in that area. You don't have to be an elite putter to win here. So if it's target practice and if you're an average putter but really good with the irons, all of a sudden your weakness is mitigated quite a bit. Well, that leads me to look to guys like Colin Morikawa, who I already love, but nobody hits an iron better than he does, and more accurately. And uh, if this does turn into target practice, his uh, you know inconsistencies on the green aren't going to hurt him, although he's had a good year putting. Uh, and then I would say that Rory McIlroy, who's won here in 2019 and likes this course and uh, is playing well. He's got a bunch of top tens this year. He's got a win on tour this year. So I, I think Rory is a guy that, uh, especially with his long irons, he's so good. Now, short distances, you and I have talked about the proximity to the hole issues he has with wedges, but I think he's going to be hitting a lot of mid-irons into greens here that are going to hold. It could be a good week for Rory. Yeah, you know, John Rahm once blew this event on a Sunday. I forget who, I think he was paired with Tommy Fleetwood. They were in the final pairing um, four or five years ago. But that was a cold week as well. They they noted how, you know, different the weather was. And he was in position to win it. He's a much better version of himself now. Yeah, I like him this week, actually. He hasn't made any putts, and yet he still finishes in the top 25 every week. Correct. And that's not, you know, earth-shattering to pick a John Rahm. But, but I think what you're getting at is correct, given that it is going to be a little bit of target practice. And those guys who need the run out to hit long drives are going to be mitigated by how soggy the course is. You like win players and players who are also hitting the ball long. Shane Lowry is another great pick. I picked Shane Lowry this week in my other pool because of the inclement weather that they're expecting. And, um, yeah, I, I think so, too. By the way, if you want to go straight up outrights, and a lot of times this is where you just, you know, listen, you're going to get great odds because it, the, the, the idea that you're going to pick the winner solely is really difficult. But I saw this morning I could get Justin Thomas, who loves this event, has won this event, and is really good with his irons. At plus seventeen hundred, beat some money on Justin Thomas to win mm-hmm. outright. I mean, if we're yep, gonna play target yep. practice, okay. Yeah, the only thing that's going against him is the history of uh, not having many repeat winners. They only have three or four, I think, in the fifty-year history of this. And I don't mean back-to-back years; I just mean multi-time. Yeah, winners. multi-time. They, winners. they do not have a, a back-to-back winner ever. But this is a different course than it was last year. The conditions are going to be completely different. Somebody that I would look at, I, I've got to imagine he's in the field as a past champion, but uh, for a top twenty. Provision? How about Sergio? Sergio still hits the ball beautifully, and if it's going to be windy and cold, he knows how to do that. He's always played well in the British. Yeah, still hits his irons really well. Um, knows the course. Won there. Came in second that year to Tiger. When uh, oh man, we had that sound good forever. Yeah, when I needed to. Yeah, when I needed to. I would also take a good long look at Matthew Fitzpatrick this week. He's a guy who is as steady as they come, and you can get him to finish top thirty plus one hundred five. I am looking at Daniel Berger to finish top 20 at plus 175. Uh, I am looking at outrights like Justin Thomas, who I mentioned. You can get, at this point, I mean, shockingly, you can get a Brooks Kepka at 50-1. to 
fifty to one. That's crazy. He didn't like the course very much, but this is not the same course, right? And he's tough as nails in bad weather, as we recall, yep. having been over in Europe. So fifty to one, a little pizza money. I'll do that. Uh, and I like Luke List to finish in the top forty at plus one eighty. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.